Wolf and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow for Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. All right, final hour of the show here live from the Akchin Community Studios. And pleased to be joined right now in the Arizona Sports Line Wolf by somebody who went to ASU, somebody who played in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Somebody who called the Cardinals game on Sunday. CBS NFL analyst and, of course, former NFL safety. Adam Archuleta is on the line. Adam, thank you for the time. How are you doing today? Gentlemen, I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing well, man. Hanging in there. Um, well, if I'm surprised you have a voice after that finish. You know, honestly, on, uh, Adam, I, I got to tell you, buddy, I, I've been around this game for a long, long time, and I have never seen anything like what I saw in that game. And I and I would say on so many different fronts, um, not only the juxtab- uh, juxtaposition of the first half, to the second half, but also some of the individual plays <laughs> that actually happened inside of it. What what are your biggest takeaways, Adam? Oh boy, um, I feel the same way. You know, I it's funny because um, when I'm on the West Coast, I get a chance to watch you know some of the early games. You know, usually I don't get a chance to watch much NFL football on Sundays. And so I got a chance to watch some of the early stuff, and I saw, you know, the Dolphins, you know, how they came back against Baltimore, and then I saw, you know, with the Browns or with the yeah, with the uh, Jets did with the Browns, and I was like, man, that would be awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> like I, we'd love. <laughs> I wish I was on that game. And then after the first half, we're sitting there saying, well, what are we going to talk about, right? Because the Cardinals aren't going to show up, and you're you're trying to figure out like how to handle this second half. And then all of a sudden the fourth quarter happened. And then I'm like, <laughs> it's just pretty, pretty unbelievable swing there. And just, uh, you know, about 45 minutes. Adam Marchaletta is joining us right now. Uh, Adam, from your perspective as a former defensive player in this league, those two two-point conversions by Kyler Murray, the one where he scrambled around for 21 seconds, and then the one at the very end of regulation where he threads the needle to A.J. Green, what are you supposed to do as a defensive player? It seemed like the Raiders, for the most part, played those as well as they could. Well, yeah, and, you know, I was saying, you know, throughout the game, well, really in the second half, you know, when, when somebody's getting whooped pretty good, you kind of start to talk about, you know, what is the team that's down? What do the Cardinals have to do to get back in this game? And as you're looking at it, you're like, well, who's showing up? Who's making plays? What do they have going for them? And my thought was the only way that the Cardinals get back into this is if Kyler Murray starts to do something special, right? He he would have had to just start to take over the game because, you know, their method of offense going down the field just wasn't going to cut it. Um, And so, you know, it was obviously when you have a great comeback like that, so many things have to fall in your favor. You know, it's just one play here or there, and they all broke for the Cardinals. And that's why you have a dynamic player like uh, Kyler Murray. So, um, look, I think part of it was the fact that the Raiders were absolutely gassed. Their strength of their football team is their defensive ends with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby in their front. And, and that was really, you know, to play a quarterback like Murray who runs like that, you've got to have a tremendous effort from your front. But when you're on the field for 51 plays in the second half, um, you're gassed. And so there's nobody who's going who's gonna to be able to get to him. So uh, it was kind of a perfect storm. And, you know, that's why you pay the guy. That's why, you know, you, you – you, 
you uh, you know strike the quarter bill, you know, you put him in the quarter billion dollar club and uh, and, and expect him to make plays like that. So yeah, a thrilling, thrilling finish. And uh, it's got to be really frustrating. Um, as, as good of a win as that is for the Cardinals, it's got to just be gut-wrenching for the Raiders. So, Adam, I know you love to ball out, of course, on the defensive side of the ball, and you did it very, very well. A very tough, very physical, give-everything type player. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you saw from the two inside linebackers for the Cardinals. And I say inside linebacker, but I'm talking about Isaiah Simmons and Zaven Collins. Your thoughts on these two guys and what you saw as you were preparing for the game and then actually watching the game. Right. So, you know, obviously I, I, I heard about what happened and I, and I kind of saw, you know, through highlights and stuff, you know, about the kind of game that Isaiah had. And then when I, when I, got to finally watch it, you know, I, I guess I didn't, follow, you know, I don't follow them on a daily basis in the off season like you guys do. So I didn't really understand like the big storyline and how they, you know, kind of created this whole thing around him. They wanted him to play multiple positions. My, my very first thought when I watched him was that's a lot to put on a player. <laughs> um, and I don't care, you know, obviously he's an athlete. Um, and so it, it's a lot. And, and to be at full speed against that offense, against the quarterback um, who's playing at that level and against guys like Kelsey, not that Isaiah Simmons isn't capable of doing it. And I'm sure he looked great in practice, but it takes time. Um, the biggest, the biggest challenge and the biggest hurdle. And I talk about this with guys when I coach them all the time is you've got to get to a place where you can play fast and you can make fast decisions, and you can play on instincts. And I don't care what kind of an athlete you are. If you're thinking, you're going to be a step slow. And if you're thinking and playing against the best in the league, you're going to be two steps slow. And so if you don't have a chance to reset yourself before the play and really kind of, like, you know, ground yourself, understand your responsibility, calm your mind, look at the offense, make your calls, and get into your process – then you're even playing from behind even more. And that's kind of what I saw from, my, from, from Simmons. Um, uh, technique errors as far as being overly aggressive, you know, with this jam yep. against a very skilled tight end. And, you know, it, they got exposed. So I, I think it's a, a matter of just having a lot, of, a lot going on and not being able to reset and just be able to play your game. It's a lot to ask for a player. Talking to Adam Archuleta. Adam, before we let you go, you're obviously an ASU guy. I don't expect the name or anything, but as far as, as your, uh, your, your college program, I mean, what kind of coach? Are you looking for like a big name guy? Or are you looking for more of a younger guy with something to prove? What, what direction do you think this program needs to go in? Well, you might be asking the wrong guy because there's so much about college football that just disgusts me when we hire coaches. <laughs> you know, I, first of all, I don't think a lot of these guys deserve the money that they get. Um, and you know, these so, so-called big names more than more often than not, it's, it's not about developing talent and it's not about coaching and X's and O's a strategy. It's all about recruiting. You know, the whole college football game is about recruiting and how many good players you can stack on your team. And that's the major storyline around Arizona state every single year is recruiting. They get in trouble for recruiting. Um, can we recruit California? Can we get the, the kids here? We're not talking about the game on the field, right? So that's the biggest problem that I have. I can't tell you from an X is an O, from a football acumen standpoint, you know, who the best guy is to develop these players because at the end of the day, 
that pales in comparison to how important the, the recruiting game is. So, you know, my thoughts on coaches and who's actually good and who's actually developing guys, you know, unfortunately, you can have one of the best X's and O's guys in, in, in the country, but it's still the majority of your success comes around how do you stack your team and try and get the best players. So um, that's why I'm kind of disenchanted with college football because it's not really about the game that's played and so much of the storylines are dominated by recruiting. And I think that just takes away from the sport. Yeah, let's go ahead and hand the millions of dollars to 18-year-olds. What could go wrong? Anyways, that's just me, okay? Adam, thank you, buddy. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Adam. All right, guys. Thanks for having me.